Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. Well, hey, Luminous, it's so good to be with you today, and I really hope that God has already shown up in our worship set. Now, if you're at home right now with some kids, we sent home in our faith kit some boat packets to build a Jesus in the boat scene. And we're really excited because today in Mark chapter 4, we're going to talk about Jesus and the boat. We've been using different analogies and parables and stories throughout Scripture to illustrate what God is doing, not just then, but what he's doing today and what he's going to do forever because the word of God is centered on his character. It reflects God's character. It's his heart for his people. And so I'm excited today. I hope that maybe um, two weeks ago when you collected a rock, you were able to paint it, write a verse, maybe go to the pond and skip some rocks with your, with your son or your daughter, or maybe you got to do that with a friend. Last week, as we talked about the lighthouse, and we saw all our kids build these lighthouse crafts. I know that some of you actually maybe even reflected on the contrast of light and darkness. And so I hope that was really helpful just to remind you that we're a city on a hill, a a light to shine bright in the darkest situations. And so that's who you are today. And if you're watching this, I pray that you would just have an epiphany of how great that light is inside of you. Today, I want to talk about the boat. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to read this scripture today. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him. With them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he woke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him? This is an amazing moment where Jesus is right there after preaching to a crowd, wanting to move to his next assignment. And there he was to cross the Sea of Galilee, which is about eight miles wide. And this sea um, was usually pretty friendly. It's pretty calm. But when the wind comes from the mountains and that cold wind comes into the to the hot air it begins to create a storm on the sea now as all of them were in this fishing boat um, probably smaller than than what you would see but there was 
12 disciples, there was Jesus, maybe even the owner of the boat was in the boat with them. There could have been 13, 15 people in this boat. So you can imagine it's already way down, already close to the sea. When they set out to go, I'm sure the skies were clear. I'm sure everything seemed as normal. The disciples had no hesitancy in going. And there they went and the storm rolled in and the waves began to crash. So much so it says that it was spilling over into the boat, filling the boat up. Now, I don't know if you've ever been out on a sea, an ocean, or a lake. I want to describe this to you because sometimes we see this and we're like, how bad could the storm have actually been? Well, in Texas, there's a lake called Lake Buchanan, and it's actually five miles wide and 31 miles approximately long. This is about twice the distance long than the Sea of Galilee, but half the distance wide. And, and if you recall, on Lake Buchanan, there was an incident where 80 passengers were on a tour boat on Lake Buchanan, and there the storm rolled in. And it caught them by surprise and they didn't know what to do. And it started tossing this massive boat around so much so that they had to call people in to rescue them off the lake. Lake Buchanan actually has had multiple deaths because once a storm blows in into a lake that massive, it begins to rock boats and even capsize them. I know this quite well because my father had a sailboat growing up. And he bought a sailboat when we were kids and we would take it around different lakes in Texas. And there we would set sail if the conditions were right. And I say right because we wanted the water to be like glass. We wanted just a small breeze enough to propel the boat through the water. But Oftentimes we'd go to the lake and it would already be white capping, meaning that the wind was blowing so much it was pushing the water up and causing waves to cap. Now when it's white capping, you do not want to put a sailboat on there. In fact, you probably don't even want to put a boat with a motor half the time. It's a very dangerous situation. I know that maybe some of my brothers are watching this right now, but we remember a time where, where we actually capsized the sailboat and we were thrown in and it's all of a sudden where you lose your bearings and you don't know where you are. Thankfully, we had life jackets. So you can only imagine the, the f- of fear and the trepidation, the almost terror when you're out at evening on the Sea of Galilee, probably a couple miles out already. You can imagine Matthew, the tax collector, probably doesn't even know how to swim. Maybe even some of these other disciples, Luke, a doctor, probably doesn't even know how to swim. And so you can imagine the terror in the boat at that time. And where do they find Jesus? Asleep. Now, I do want to bring us back into this verse early on. I want to talk about Jesus. See, it says this in verse 36, and leaving the crowd, they took, and leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat. I love that it says that. You see, this is important because God's going to ask you to go to places. He's already asked you in the middle of this pandemic and whatever season you're in, he's asked you to go places. But it's important that wherever he asks us to go, 
to invite him to go with us. Now, I know what you're thinking. Uh, theologically, you're breaking it down. Well, Jesus is already with us. If those who are in Christ, he's with us, but, but he may be in you, but is he with you? Meaning this, uh, are you consciously aware that he's present? Have you, been, have you been conversating with him? Have you been bringing Jesus into the plans that he's laid out for you? You see, sometimes we'll obey God and go a certain direction. Maybe, maybe you invested in a, a certain amount of stocks as the stock market was lower um, over the last couple of weeks. Maybe you just started a new job and you started working for, at HEB or the grocery store, helping out and participating. Maybe you decided to go to food bank and, and start serving meals, or you went to the blood bank and donated blood, or maybe you were giving plasma because you realized that this is really helping people. Maybe you are a first responder and you're on the front lines and you knew that this is what God called you to do. And now you're going out, right? But the question is, is even though Jesus says, go, are you conscious that he's with you? Are you bringing him with you on the journey? And this is important because sometimes on the journey, we don't know what will happen. Just like the disciples didn't know in this, in this moment, they didn't know a storm was going to come. And yet a storm did arise. And when it did, the question was, what would they do? What would they do? So they, they went to the only thing they knew to do. Go to Jesus. He's asleep on the boat. Complete peace was with Jesus as he was sleeping on that cushion. Now, now this wasn't a violent storm. We are not looking at three or four foot swells. They may have only been a foot, foot and a half swells. Maybe it was rocking the boat in such a way that it was just subtly filling the boats. And Jesus is there sleeping. And they wake him. And the way they wake him is very interesting. I want to point it out to you. They said this. They said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And this is a good point for us today because I want to ask you a question. Have, have you, you may have been inviting Jesus along the journey. You may have been obeying him. But is Jesus teacher to you? Or is he king? Is Jesus just an instructor? Is he just giving you more knowledge, more insight, or does he really carry power? See, at this point, the disciples didn't know that Jesus was the Messiah. It not, had not yet been revealed to them, so they were calling him teacher. And it was in this moment that Jesus rebukes the storm. And he says, peace be still, calm. It was almost like he was rebuking the storm simultaneously as rebuking the disciples. Peace to the storm, peace to the disciples. Calm to the storm, calm to the disciples. In this moment, there was this moment where, where he's doing both. And they stand amazed, amazed. How could a teacher with great instruction actually have power? See, that's what makes Jesus king. That's what makes him Lord. When crisis happens for you, are you merely looking at maybe some instructions, thumbing through of looking for some best help practices, or are you calling upon the name of Jesus in this hour? Are you asking Jesus, hey, I'm afraid, Jesus, I need some faith. I need some help with my unbelief. 
What, what is it for you? I'm asking you to call on the name of Jesus in the middle of the storm. When I was on those waters and I was capsized on a sailboat, I, I, you best believe I was crying. I was calling out, mom, dad, my mom and dad, son, where are you? You see, in a moment of panic, you're calling out to the thing that is most comforting to you, the one who's most familiar to you. In this pandemic, what's been revealed in our soul? Who's, who's the most comforting? Who's the most uh, revealing? Who's the one who's coming alongside of us? You know, the good news about Jesus is that Jesus rebukes the storm. And he says, he says you have little faith. He calls out their lack of faith in this moment. Why? Well, because before this, he just talks about faith. He talks about faith of a mustard seed. He talks about this extraordinary faith. He gives instruction, but now there's this moment of application, and they weren't able to imply what was instructed. I think in this hour, it's important for us to bring some application to the things that Jesus has instructed, to realize that he's not just a great teacher but he's a great king. He's a great Lord. And he wants to get you. See, this is what I love. I love this line lately. I don't know if you love it. This line where, where you ask for help and one of your boys says, I got you. Oh, maybe one of your girlfriends says, I got you. That's one of the most comforting words that we could say to one another. I got you. Don't worry about it. I got you. I, I see it all around pop culture. We see it all around in different, different places. But it basically means I have your back. I support you. I'm going to be there when it gets tough. I'm going to be there when it gets challenging. I'm going to be there when, when there's so much fear and anxiety. I'm going to be there. I got you. Church, I want to tell you if we could do one thing this week and going forward, is to live out that line, I got you. I got you when you lost your job, we'll be there for you. I got you when, when you're discouraged. I got you when you're filled with depression and anxiety, I got you. I got you when you're overwhelmed with schoolwork because you've been doing it remotely, you don't even know if you're gonna pass, I got you. I'm gonna help you study. I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna lift you up. I'm gonna, uh, you're in my thoughts, you're in my prayers, you're in my text chain. You see, this is what God has wanted for us is an I got you attitude. This is what is happening to the church. The church is I got you. I got you other nations. I got you people. I got you healthcare workers. I got you first responders. I got you. Don't worry. I have your back. And the reason that we can do this is because we know that we were God. You see, when you know that you were God, when you know that Jesus got you, when you were in your pit, when you were too far to rescue yourself, and Jesus reached down his hand and he said, I got you. When he went to the cross, it was I got you moment. When he died the death that you and I deserve to die, he said, I got you. When he was looking at Mary, his mother, and he was saying, John, take care of her. He was saying, I got you, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you. I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to save you. I got your back. I love you. No greater love than this, than one who lays down his life for a friend. No greater love than this, than Jesus who laid down his life for you and me. 
He's got us. See, this reminds me of Luke. Luke 6, 31, where it says, love others as you love yourself. Do unto others as you would, ha- do, uh, as you would want them to do unto you. Love others the way that you want to be loved. The way that you want to be got. Do that for others. Because that's what Jesus did for us. Hey, I love you, Luminous. As we talk about the boats, and we reflect on this moment, it was an I got you moment in the boat. It was a moment that no matter what fear, no matter what trepidation, that your days are numbered and God knows them. And if he's called you, he will see you through. Where he is, peace is present. So we love you. I want to pray for you right now. If you're dealing with fear, anxiety, depression, maybe even suicidal thought, if you're dealing with loss of job or loss of income, if you're dealing with how do I treat people now that uh, it's opening back up, do I continue to physically distance myself? What do I do? Some of me wants to go get in a boat and just hide out. I want to let you know that Jesus has got you. He's going to give you all the answers to every question that you have. He's going to reveal it to you, and he's going to not just instruct you, but give you the power to overcome the obstacles. So let's pray right now, wherever you are. Father, we just thank you. Lord Jesus, right now I'm praying, Father God, for anybody who is afraid in the boat right now, anybody who's fearful of the boat filling up, they see different swells happening, different things that look like doom and gloom. And yet, Jesus, you're right there. You're right there in the journey. You're right there and you are calming the storm. You're bringing peace to the situation. You're bringing peace to the circumstance. Lord, I pray, God, for joy to fill everybody who's down right now. In the name of Jesus, that they be filled with the love of you and the joy that comes from you, Holy Spirit. God, I pray for your provision and your protection right now in every way. God, that you would provide, that you would protect. And Jesus, I pray that if there's anybody who doesn't know you and they've gone on this journey and they have not invited you into the boat, it's not too late. Jesus, you can show up in the boat at any point. All we have to do is call on the name of Jesus, cry out to you, and you will come to our rescue. So, Lord Jesus, right now, as people are calling out to you, maybe even for the first time, would you come and would you rescue and would you show up in power in the name of Jesus? Amen. Well, hey, we love you. Praying for you. Make sure that you join everybody right after service in the Zoom lobby, and they would love to hang out with you. I also want to let you know, if you need prayer for anything, you can always email us, prayer at luminouschurch.org, where we're here to pray for you. Love you. Be blessed. We'll see you real soon.